to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And it was just a, a terrible thing. This went on for many years. I remember many times, I'm like, I don't know if I have enough strength just to get up to the pulpit. And I was like, oh, I don't know if you want me to be there. And I can tell you, through the weakness, God would just show up and give me power. And there's times that I would go with massive headaches and I'm like, okay, let's go. We're gonna go to church and I'm gonna do this and I can barely see and I can't barely open my eyes and I'd get up there and all of a sudden, it was just the, the, the headache was gone while I'm preaching. It was like, wow. And then just, just sensing just God working. And it was like, Wow. It's like I wanted to stay at the pulpit. I wanted to bring my pulpit everywhere I went. You know, just like. <laughs> when we are weak, he's strong, and he wants to give us his strength, his power. When the word of God goes forth, there, there's power. God's word is powerful. Do you know that in your own life? God's word is powerful. I remember being in the world and asking, what am I here for, and why am I you know, why am I here? And what's my purpose? And all that stuff, you know? And, and finally, when I became born again of God's Holy Spirit, I realized what my purpose was, that God loves me and he has a plan for me. And his plans are good and not evil. He has a future and a hope for me. And, and it was so encouraging to realize that, that through having a relationship with God, he does give us purpose. He gives us a reason to live. He, he shows us what, what we're here for. And he opens up doors for us. And it's such a wonderful thing. But I just remember picking up this book, the Bible, and just realizing it's like, if you ever do this, you'd read it. It's like, this is powerful. This is really powerful stuff. And everything I was looking for was found right here in the Bible. Everything I was looking for was found in, in, in a relationship with God. But then reading his word, it's like, that's what I need. This is exactly what I need. I love what Paul the Apostle said when he wrote to those in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Remember this verse in verse 1. It says, he says, I, brethren... When I came to you, did not come to you with excellence of speech or of the wisdom declared to you, the testimonies of God. He says, for I was determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, right? Then he went on to say, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And then I love what he went on to say. He says, my speech and my preaching were not of the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith, listen to this, listen to this, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And so often we want to be so eloquent when we speak. So often we want to, people to maybe be impressed of what we're saying and, and all that stuff. But, but really, Paul the Apostle is encouraging us, don't be so concerned with that. Be more concerned about the power of the Holy Spirit working through your life. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He even said in weakness he was there. He was, you know, in fear and trembling, he, he approached them. But he says, you know what? I want to demonstrate the Holy Spirit to you. I, want, I don't want to come to you with the wisdom of man. I want to come to you in the power of God. Is God's power in your life? Do you know the power of God? Have you experienced the power of God? Has it been demonstrated in your life? Have you seen it demonstrated in people's lives? Paul's saying, that's what you should strive for. Don't be so concerned about the wisdom of man. Be more concerned about the power of God. 
Paul the Apostle depended on the power of God and the power of his Holy Spirit in his preaching. And I pray that for us, we depend on his power. I love what Paul said in Romans, Romans 8, 11. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will, give, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That is such a, a wonderful verse because it says, it, it reminds us that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. The, the power that raised Christ Jesus from the grave that, that brought Jesus out of the grave and, and brought him you know, to heaven and it, that dwells in us. And I, I believe sometimes, I know I can do this, I can forget about the power that's uh, available to me and how powerful his spirit really is. It, it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He dwells in you and I. He wants to give us the strength and the power that we need for everything that we do. Are we depending on his power? Another great verse Psalm 62, 11, it says, God has spoken once, twice, I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Do you know you have a powerful God? Did you know as believers, God wants us to talk about his power? Did you realize that? He wants us to talk about his power. Look at this. Psalm 45, 10, it says, it says, all your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. Listen to this. They, talking about us, the saints, it says, they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. So what I think, I believe that's saying, God wants us to talk about the things that are going on in our lives. He wants us to share about him working in our midst and how he's, you know, working and doing things. And we're to share that. You know why? Because testimonies are powerful, aren't they? I never get sick of hearing people's testimonies when I, I hear how God changed them and transformed them. And many times, I don't know if this happens to you, when I hear testimonies of people, it's like, there's no way. I, I think of Brian McDaniel when he comes up here. It's like, there's times like, if I didn't know that guy, I would think he's just lying out of his teeth. Seriously, like, there's no way. There's no way he, this is going on in this life. And then just the testimonies, and the, it's just so powerful and so encouraging. I want, before we get into the next part of, the, of Paul's prayer here, I just want to make sure we all understand that there's a threefold work of the Holy Spirit in believers' lives. Do we all understand that? How many understand that there's a threefold work of, in believers' lives? Can you put your hands up so I can see again? Just, I'm just curious. Okay, so about half of the room. Okay, there's a threefold work of the Holy Spirit. I just wanna, I wanna share that with you because I, I don't want you to miss this. There's the with experience where the Holy Spirit's first with us. Then there's the inexperience when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us and dwells inside of us. And then there's the upon experience when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and empower me, an empowerment comes upon us for the work of the ministry. So I just wanna point this out. In John chapter 14, it says, and I will pray the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, and he shall abide with you. So there's the with you forever. So the Holy Spirit's with us, right? Outside of us. Then it says, the, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he, talking about the Holy Spirit, dwells with you. And then what does it say? And he will be, can we say it together? In you. 
So when you pray to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. First, he's convicting you. He's on the outside, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's on the outside. He's convicting you. So when you do something wrong, you're like, oh, that was bad. And the Holy Spirit's convicting you. And you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't do that. And then you go to the cross and you become a believer. Now you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And now he, he lives in you. And now you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And now you're like, oh, I should do that. And, oh, I, I, and then the Holy Spirit gives you strength not to do that. It empowers you so you, you don't fall to certain things. So there's that empowerment. But then the third experience, and we looked at it. Actually, the, the upon is a different preposition. That word upon you. So it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes can we say it together? Upon you. And that's the third work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is upon you, when it empowers you for the work in the ministry. So there's the with, the in, and the upon. My question is to everyone here, because not everyone raised their hand. My question is, you don't have to raise your hand, but have you had the Holy Spirit come upon you for the work of the ministry? And if you're here and you're like, um, not sure, upon, I don't know, I, I I think so. And I just want to encourage you, after the service, we'd like to pray for you that the Holy Spirit would come upon your life. Because what it does is he gives you empowerment. See, you shall receive, what does it say? Power. The same word that the dunamis, the same Greek word, dunamis, which means, you know, where we get our word dynamite. So does, do you, have you ever had that experience, a dynamite experience? And somebody like here and others, yeah, yeah. Others are just like, don't know. Well, if you don't know, would you like the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes. And others are here. I don't know. <laughs> All you need to do is ask. It's that simple. There's nothing special we have to do. The Bible says that you just need to ask, and God will give you the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So there are three works of the Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you, you just experienced conviction of the Holy Spirit, you don't know if God's in you by his Holy Spirit, I would love to pray for you to have the Holy Spirit come live inside of you, that you would have the inexperience, you become born again, you, you confess him as Lord and Savior, you believe that God raised him from the, Jesus from the dead, and that you turn from your sins, and you will have the Holy Spirit in you. And if you're here today and you're like, I'm not sure if the Holy Spirit's ever come upon me, and you want that, I would love to pray for you that the Holy Spirit would come upon you and give you power because we all need the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to rely on your own strength. Paul's praying for the church in Corinth. I'm praying for the church here in Sunset Beach and Huntington Harbor and those of us and those that are hearing the message that we have the power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. And if you read the book of Acts, you'll see that they were empowered with the Holy Spirit and then trouble came and difficult times came and they, they, they cried out to God. And what does it say? The Holy Spirit came upon them again. It's like going to 7-Eleven with a big gulp. There's free refills. You just go back. It's a continual power. So I just wanted to say that. Paul's praying for that. Let's go to the next. Let's, or let's look back at verse 11. So he's praying for power, for strength, for might. And I pray that for all of us. And for all patience and long-suffering, patience and long-suffering. And I believe in this fast world, this fast-paced world that we live in, we need patience. Everything's so quick, isn't it? Instant text, instant videos, instant food, microwave, fast, 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 fast foods, everything fast. We want it fast. Now, now, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Now, now, now. 
What do you mean? I have to wait two minutes? Do you know how busy I am? Two minutes, really? Seriously, and God wants us to have patience. When I go to the grocery store, I, I never look for the longest line. I don't. I'm always looking for the shortest line. I've mentioned this before, but it, 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 you know, that's just how I am. I just look for the shortest line. My, my wife and I, we have competition when we go to the grocery store. You know, she's, she, you know, we'll try to pick the shortest line. We do this all the time. So she'll stand in one line, I'll stand in another line, and we see who wins. And then we're like this. She's like, Like, really? And I'm like, wait, I think this is better. She says, no, no, no. It's, really, it's like, okay, you know, so we go over there. Because it's shorter over there. That's, I mean, that's our life. We, we live very fast pace and we're going. And to us, every minute's important. And it's in, you know, and there's nothing wrong with kind of buying up the time and using as much time as you want. But, but then the, I think what it is, it's patience with, with joy and long suffering with joy. You know, when, when things don't happen the way you expect, or maybe someone, you know, steps in line in front of you, or, or they're taking longer, or they're trying to cash a check, you're like, really? Come on. And it's not going through. Then how are you responding to that? Are you responding with joy? Just the other day, our debit card was compromised. We didn't know. And so I went to use my debit card. We're at the grocery store. And she says, sorry, it's been declined. I said, it can't be declined. Just try it again. And I go, is there something wrong with your machine? You know, she said, no, it's declined. I was like, so I used another card and then it went through. But the guy, literally the guy in back of us, behind us, he was so angry. He was just like, like, I mean, we're just talking maybe two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Okay, five minutes. But really... So much so, listen to this, the, the, the cashier had to open up another lane. Excuse me, so get another lane, you know. Because so, why? Nobody wants to wait for five minutes. Paul's praying for patience. Long-suffering. Are we patient? I know I need more patience. One of the things that try my patience quite a bit is when someone's driving in front of me and they're texting and they're going like 10 miles or 20 miles under the speed limit. That tries my patience. I'm like, really? You know, it's like, they're driving really slow. And it's like, you know, I don't even, I walk fast. If you ever walk with me, I walk very fast. I really do. I just, I walk fast. I just, that's my pace is really fast. And I just like to get things done. So I just, when I'm behind someone like that, tries my patience. But the, the question is, the, is it trying our patience, things that come into our lives, are we handling it with anger? Are we handling it with fear? Are we handling it with worry when troubling times come our way? Or are we handling it with joy? If you're a note taker, this word patience means endurance when circumstances are difficult. Endurance when circumstances are difficult. It speaks of going forward and not giving up when things are tough, trusting the Lord. When things are not going the way that you planned, how do you respond? Are we patient? Are we doing it with joy? Or are we worrying? Are we getting upset? The late Dr. Raymond Edmond of the Wheaton College used to remind his students, it's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon to quit. Endurance. Charles Spurgeon said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. <laughs> it's never good to give up when God wants you to endure. Trying times will come our way. Tribulation and troubles will come our way, but they're there to try our patience. It's there to produce perseverance in us and to produce character in us. This whole trial that we had with 
our lease, and it went on for a year and a half. It was a long trial, but I believe through it, the Lord was giving us perseverance, and he was saying, it's okay, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm working it out. Persevere, I'm with you. And it was a constant test, but God's gonna do that. But you see, he wants us all to pass that test. He wants us to endure when it comes our way, when troubles come our way. Paul the Apostle said in Romans 5, 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. How many here glory in tribulations? But listen to this. This is how Paul says we can glory in tribulations. Why? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. So the next time a, a trial comes your way, tribulation, difficulty comes your way, press into the Lord. Ask the Lord to give you joy through it and say, Lord, help me to persevere. Help me to endure this. You see, what we want to do in our human nature, our, our sinful nature, we want to jump ship. We want to get out of there. We want to, to you know, just say, no, I don't want this. I, I don't want this trouble. I don't want this. Or if it's a person, cut them off. And we don't want this person around me. But guess what? You know what will happen? You'll always have people around you that are going to cause you trouble. Because they're imperfect. And you might say, well, I'm going to go to this church and they're, gonna, they're not going to give me trouble. Guess what? They got trouble over there too. It's true. Because you're there. I mean, it's all of us. We... <laughs> But he wants to produce, listen, please, listen. With that tribulation, we can glory in it if we realize it's producing something in us. It's producing perseverance, character. That perseverance is producing character and hope. And God's doing a deeper work in you. But if you don't want a deeper work in you, you can just jump ship. But that you're, you're not going to grow spiritually. And it goes on to say, so in perseverance... Character and character hope. God wants to produce character in you. He wants to give you perseverance. He wants you to endure. He's trying, he's allowing these trials. He's allowing these difficulties and they're for you, to help you, to grow you, to, to make you more mature, a believer, to grow you spiritually. Now hope does not disappoint, he goes on to say, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. God's doing this for you. The word long-suffering just means self-restraint, self-restraint. It's the opposite of revenge. We're not to get revenge. We're to restrain ourselves. It was so funny. I was driving to church in the morning a few weeks, about, probably about two weeks ago. Pastor Chad was in the car, and my wife was in the car, and Chad was up in the front. And it was a kind of a you know, slightly cool morning, like this morning was, and so I put a light sweater on, and I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I'm burning up. I'm just, I mean, sweating. I mean, I mean, literally, I thought I had a fever, and sweat's dripping down my head. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm like I was just burning up. I thought I was getting sick, and I told my wife, and Chad, I said, I am just burning up. This is terrible, and uh, so I guess Chad, Chad thought it was a funny joke. He had my seat heater on to full. <laughs> And so I'm complaining about sweating and being hot. He says, well, maybe you don't want your seat heater on then. So he turned it down. I said, thanks, Chad. Thanks, thanks. And I was thinking through that and thinking how, you know, what gets us heated up? Or, you know, who pushes our buttons? You know, maybe Chad does, but no, no. <laughs> 
but there's things that get us heated up. There's things that push our buttons and that we have to be aware of that and realize I'm not going to allow that person to push my buttons. Chad's not allowed in my car anymore. <laughs> no, just a joke. <laughs> Actually, we laughed pretty good there. That was good. Long-suffering, self-restraint, <laughs> Proverbs 25, 28, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls or to be able to have restraint. Another great verse, Proverbs 14, 29, a patient man has great understanding. Do you want great understanding? Be patient. But a quick-tempered man displays folly. You want folly in your life? Be quick-tempered because it'll never, it'll never be good. James speaks of this. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how a farmer waits for the precious fruit on the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the earlier and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your heart. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Lord, help us with patience. I'm just going to close with this. I want to go back in verse 11. I'll put it up on the screen. I don't want to miss this part with joy. God wants us to have his might, his power. He wants us to have endurance, patience. But we're to do it with joy. It's one thing enduring something and being like, oh, I can't wait till this is over and I hope it stops and it better go away. Take it away, God. There's another thing. It's like, God, I don't know why this is happening, but I just draw near to you and Lord, you're able to give me joy. And I don't know why you put this knucklehead in my life or that knucklehead in my life or that's Barry's words, but... God, you deal with them. But I'm not, listen, we're closing. Real soon we're closing. But I'm not doing it in anger. I'm doing it in joy, Lord. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to allow you. I'm not going to allow my joy to be destroyed because of that circumstance or or that person, that difficulty. I just want to say, I have such joy serving the Lord in this church. I really do. I'm surrounded by people that are joyful in this church just serving and being around the people that are, and we, we do it with joy. We really do. I, I don't think I've ever come here serving and, and then we're all just like, okay, let's get some work done right now. Don't talk to me. Would that be terrible? I'm telling you, if you ever come here in the daytime when we're serving the Lord with, with Brenda and Chad and, and Barry's been coming out to hang, hang out with us, and we're working together. It's a joyful thing. When we were putting together and working on the, the high school room and doing the brick and Joseph and Dominic and Rick and, and then Tammy's here a lot and, 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 you know, just all of us together, it's a joyful time. We weren't throwing bricks at each other when we were putting the bricks up, really. And I love serving with people that have joy. And I just have to say this. I was thinking, as I was thinking through joy and I was thinking of Brenda Garcia. When we have, sometimes we have real difficult, stressful things happening. We get calls, this is going to happen or that might happen, this happened. And the first thing, her default is laughter. She just, ha, 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 ha. She just starts laughing. I'm like, okay, did, maybe you didn't understand what I said. <laughs> She's like, ha, ha, ha. Like, the more stressful it is, the, the louder she laughs. And I'm like, I like that. And we have such joy in this place. We really do. It's a joyful thing, serving with one another, laughing with one another, enjoying our relationship with God, encouraging each other in the things of the Spirit. It's a a wonderful thing. So let's do it with joy. When a trial comes your way, press into God. 
Ask the Lord, give me endurance. Help me to endure this. But Lord, may I do it joyfully. May I not take it out on my husband or my cat, excuse me, (laughs) or my dog or whatever it is, my family members. May I press into you. And as we close, God wants to give you great power. Don't leave this building without it. If you've not received the power from on high, allow the Lord to give you power in your walk with him. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.